0: THE LAST RUN One more run. That's all he wants. One more run. The last run of the day. A pretty short day in early January. Dusky by four, pretty dark by 4.30. Pitch black and stone cold by five. But he'll be back in the lodge long before that. Sitting by the fire with a shot of tequila, listening to some soft rock covers by his buddy Paul. Checking the room for snow bunnies looking for an opera ski adventure with a local. Come on, he says to his buds at the bar, one more run. No takers. The boys are into their second and third brewskis. No interest in buckling up their boots, pulling on jackets, gloves, and helmets, and heading back out into all that cold and wind. Chill, bro, comes the chant. Just chill. We'll hit it in the morning. Fresh powder overnight, six to eight inches, they claim. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, he says, climbing off the stool. You lightweights put off till tomorrow what you could be doing today. Me? I'm going skiing. Summit to base, boys, summit to base. Full bore on Everest, Ajax, and Sidewinder. We'll see you later. No sooner is he out the door than word reaches the bar that it's party time up at the Tech Billionaire's house on the ridge. That means free eats, free booze, excellent weed, an assortment of micro-dose hallucinogens, and absolutely the best-looking girls in the valley. Beer tab extinguished? Those boys are gone, gone, gone. Their antsy, overzealous ski-bud long-forgotten. Jake steps into his atomics. The bindings lock with a snap. Pretty cold out here. Be down in the single digits soon. And with those northerly gusts blowing across the face of the mountain, it's already well below zero up there with the wind chill. No big deal. No big deal, he assures himself. I'll freeze my butt off for ten minutes getting to the top. But coming down, mountain to myself, will be a wild joyride. To hell with those a-holes. They're not skiers. Just a bunch of posers, spoiled rich kids living off daddy's dole. Let's go. Let's roll. He heads for the high-speed quad that goes from base to summit in a flash. But halfway to the chair, a lift operator he knows tells him, Hey, sorry, Jake. Closed a couple minutes ago. Winds way too stiff at the top. Jake nods. Thinks about calling it a day, there's always tomorrow, but he can't just walk back into the bar now, not after razzing the boys. So he decides to ride the lower glide lift to the top of Sidewinder. If the Everest chair is open, he'll ride that to the summit. If not, he'll just take an easy cruise through the trees down to the lodge and be back on his bar stool in fifteen minutes. No line at all at Lower Glade. He pushes up to the loading ramp and says hey to the operator, a young kid he doesn't recognize. Everest still open, he asks, as the chair lifts him off his feet and into the air. Dunno, the kid replies. I don't know. Red-eyed and wary, the kid has smoked enough Dubon Kush on his shift today to stone a 3,000-pound rhino. By morning, he won't remember anything or anyone. The chair sweeps up the mountain through a cut in the tall, snow-strewn evergreens. Not too bad here in the glade out of the wind. Cold, but not bitter. Jake shoves his poles under his thighs and pounds his gloves together to make some warmth. Through the trees he can see Sidewinder to his right and Camel's Hump to his left. Not many skiers on either run, just a few diehards. Everybody's inside getting warm and blitzed and hoping to score. Little in life as delightful as sex with a stranger after a long, hard day of downhill. Half a mile up the glade, another piece of this perfect storm falls into place when the lift operator at the bottom of the Everest chair slips and grabs a frayed cable, cutting a deep, bloody gash in the palm of his hand. "'Christ!' he shouts. "'Holy Mother of Jesus!' The gash is a long, wide, bloody river, running from his wrist to the base of his middle finger. Definitely going to need some medical attention. He thinks what to do, decides to get the hell off the mountain, pronto, like now. He wraps the wound in a reasonably clean cloth and walkie-talkies the operator at the top of the lift, explains what happened, says he's skiing down now to get some help. Hey, and, then, and hang on, asked the operator at the summit. Anybody left on the chair? Two guys. There's two guys left together. Be about, I, I guess, be maybe halfway up by now. Another few minutes, you'll definitely see them. Well, listen, dude, can you wait until they get here? And then we'll close the lift. We don't want to leave anybody on the lift. Blood seeps through the cloth. The mother's really starting to hurt now. A bit of panic might be setting in. Ah, uh, I, I don't know mutters the injured operator. I got to get down. But then, yeah, okay, I get it. Sure, I'll stay. Okay, don't let anybody else on, dude. Do not let anybody else on the lift. Send him down Sidewinder. No one else to the summit. Too damn cold and windy up here anyway. Okay, I got it. Roger that, says the summit operator. This is his ninth season on the mountain. He's a good soul, a very conscientious guy but he also has an extremely hot date this evening, in like an hour. He operates the ski lift for three reasons. Money, free skiing, and ready access to chicks on vacation. The Everest lift closes at 4 p.m. It's a slow two-person, 12-minute ride, which means at 4.12, the last skier should absolutely be off the lift. He typically lets it run until around 4.20 just to be safe. But today, just this once, what with the knucklehead at the bottom injured and scared, maybe, eh, maybe he'll shut her down a little early once he gets this deuce unloaded. Then he'll bomb down the mountain, get showered and shaved, and let the good times roll. He definitely anticipates getting some action later tonight. Down below, the gash screams and pulsates and bleeds like a gutted calf. The injured lift operator wraps more cloth around his hand, pulls on his glove, then his other glove, then his hat. Three minutes slowly pass. Four minutes. That deuce has got to be at the top by now. Got to be. No one else is coming. It's too late and too cold. Screw it, he yells out loud. Just screw it. I'm out of here before I bleed to death. He steps into his backcountry Burton, secures the binding, and takes off down the mountain like a man running from death, this perfect storm increasing in intensity. He's into his fifth or sixth turn before remembering he didn't hang the closed sign across the entrance of the lift. Well, half a minute later, Jake reaches the top of Lower Glade Lift he pushes forward steps off the chair and slides down the shallow exit ramp not a soul around no one dead quiet in the glade it has started to snow lightly a very fine powder but the sky's low and dark gonna be a nice dump excellent powder skiing in the morning he decides to skip the summit and just take an easy cruise down sidewinder in and out of the trees too damn cold up top Pretty reasonable here, protected by the evergreens, but he knows halfway up the Everest chair, when you pull clear of the tree line, the wind will roar and the cold will bite. It'll be insanely cold up there. Who needs that misery? Although, it's only four or five minutes from the tree line to the summit. He can handle four or five minutes. Hell yes, he can. For the sheer exhilaration of having Everest, Ajax, and Sidewinder all to himself, five or six minutes of pure high-speed bliss, he skis over to the lift. While at the summit, the deuce approaches the unloading ramp. The operator watches them come. All day long, he sits and watches the skiers ride up the mountain, unload, look around at the majestic mountains, and then slide back down. It's an absurd to say nothing of costly ritual, but a ritual upon which he has built his philosophy and his lifestyle. He gives a little wave as the deuce unloads and skis off. He walkie-talkies the guy at the bottom of the lift. No response. Asshole. Come in, asshole. Come in, asshole. Asshole, come in. Jesus, the dude's flown the coop already. Must have headed down to medical. Medical. He decides to give it five minutes, then shut her down, make the run to the lodge, and get this Fiona party started a little early. Jake looks around for the operator, calls out, nothing, no one, but the chair is still running and it's not four o'clock yet, can't be more than ten of, five of at the latest. Oh, fuck it, he says, let's do it and he side-shuffles onto the ramp and waits for the next chair to sweep him off his feet. It happens just a few seconds later, and then he's on his way to the summit to make the last run of the day. At the summit, the operator doesn't wait five minutes or six minutes. He waits a full seven minutes, and then he trains his binoculars on the double chairs, slowly making their way up the high, steep part of the mountain. The cables run well over a hundred feet off the ground once the chairs clear the tree line. It's the highest part of any lift on the mountain. Scary high. Those chairs are way the hell up there, high above the receding treetops. The operator sees the empty chairs swaying in the hard northerly wind. The chairs are empty. They're all empty. Not a skier in sight. He throws the switch. Gears grind. The chair lift stops. Not a nanosecond after the operator lowers his binoculars and throws that switch, one last skier emerges from the trees and steals himself for the cold, windy ride to the summit. But then, suddenly, the lift stops dead in its tracks. The chair rocks wildly from side to side, and the cable yo-yos up and down, but the chair does not move Jake one inch closer to the summit. The chair sways in the wind while the snow falls faster, while Jake's buddies party hardy at the tech billionaire's multi-million dollar ski lot. While the dude with the nasty, bloody gash on his palm is rushed to the local hospital where the resident on duty sews him up with 22 fine, tight stitches. While the typically conscientious summit operator skis full tilt to the base, punches the time clock, and skedaddles. Nothing but carnal thoughts in his simple, primate brain. The wind blows, and the snow falls, and the temperature plummets throughout the evening and well into the night. Not until morning does someone ask, Hey, has anybody seen Jake?